0: Hi, welcome to Exploring the Illusion of Free Will. My name is George Ortega, and our co-host, Anel, isn't here today. He wasn't here for the last couple episodes, and he's not going to be here for the next couple episodes either. He's kind of like on a bit of a vacation, but he will be back after that. And we're, we're definitely you know still doing our live call-in show in Manhattan, Channel 56, on Time Warner. Okay, call, it's called No Free Will, every Wednesday night at 11 p.m., except we're, we're live every other week. You know, every other week we actually present one of these shows, which is cool. Okay, so this is like episode number 91, and it's called No Free Will Off the Cuff Number 7, and this, this, this is one of the episodes where I kind of like free myself to just like talk about whatever. I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. I kind of know, but, and uh, what else? Yeah, I'm on low energy, because, like, I, you know, I expected to get maybe five hours sleep last night, but, like, you know, um, I didn't get to sleep until about, I don't know, almost six, and then, like, around 8.30, you know, the phone rings, 8.45, and, you know, it's like these, you know, I've got my phone set to, like, you know... um, what do you call it? no call, no i d reject whatever you know like these calls aren't supposed to be coming through. I think it's probably a political call anyway, so then you know, I don't think I got to sleep after that, so I think i am like two two and a half hours sleep, whatever, so this is like the effects of no sleep on our on our will, you know it's gonna slow me down um all right, so again, this is episode ninety one, and I'm gonna talk about like I mean. Some people are getting this, that, um, that we don't have a free will, that free will is impossible, you know, absolutely impossible. Um, this year, 2012, there has been over 30 um, major articles in, in major publications, New York Times, Time Magazine, The Atlantic, The Guardian, The Telegraph, USA Today, psychology today scientific american scientific american mind you know a lot of coverage which is like never before in history and and this is cool but you know like you, there's there's you know this is like the biggest thing ever i mean like you got to understand our our entire world is entirely deluded about pretty much who we are as human beings. I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, like, you know, we basically think that what we do is up to us when the reality is that everything is like a movie. You know, we're just like actors and we don't even get to interpret our roles. That's how that's how reality is. and And it couldn't but be that way. And I guess I should probably explain why. Although I don't... I'm going to devote... Yeah, well... No, I don't want to, well, all right, the basic, the basic reason is causality, and this is what everyone should get, and I can't, I haven't been able to figure out yet why people don't get it. I mean, like, I was talking to somebody last, actually on Monday, this is Friday, um, and they said that, yeah, they get, they understand how causality, cause and effect makes free will impossible, but they still think that there's some way that we have a free will. All right, so, um, and that's how, that's what everybody says. You know, we have a little free will, whatever, and it, it's just impossible. Here, let me, let me go through a brief explanation, causal explanation, then I don't know what I'm going to talk about. All right, um, everything has a cause. Okay, some people say, well, no not everything has' a cause in random in, in quantum mechanics, there's a thing as indeterminism and Heisenberg uncertainty principle, and you know and like first of all, you know quantum mechanics and the Heisenberg uncertainty principle doesn't um, say that, that things are random. That's just an interpretation of it. you know it's called the Copenhagen interpretation, <laughs> and it's like it's wrong. But, um, because, because everything has to have a cause. Um, and even if it was right, even if, if certain things were, like, without cause, random, you know, uncaused. I mean, what does that even mean? But, but like, if, 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 if our decisions, if what we thought and felt and said and did and all didn't have a cause... And certainly we couldn't be causing them. It wouldn't be up to us. All right? So right there, you can eliminate randomness, eliminate indeterminism. And, you know, this is major because you've got, like, for example, there was was an article by the American Medical Association. It's on my website, causalconsciousness.com, the website of this show. And they're, like, they're trying to refute free will by saying, well, but you know, not everything is causal, you know, and I mean, you, you would think that the American Medical Association would understand that if things aren't causal, the only other alternative is that they, they happen for no cause, and again, if, if, if our decisions, if what we do is happening for no cause at all, it couldn't possibly be up to us, up to our quote-unquote free will, and the, the, Amer- the American Medical Association, I think it was the Journal of Ethics, um, could get this wrong is, like, bewildering. But anyway, so, like, so now here's the, the, the main reason why free will is completely impossible. It will never be possible. It never was possible is causality. Everything happens for a cause. Things don't just happen, you know. There's, and, and a cause is like, um, all right, in terms of our brain, let's explain this in terms of our brain. We may, I make a decision, right? I just, like, said what I just said, right? That, that was my decision, to say what I just said, and I'm saying what, I, what I'm saying. Okay, now, like, the cause of what I just said was my brain state, the state of my brain immediately preceding what I said, okay? Because, like, our brain evolves from state to state to state. The neurons, you know, travel through their, you know, passageways and all, all this neural activity, and the brain is kind of like a machine. It's like it's you know it's causal. So what happens is all right, I make a decision. I say something, and then the the cause of that is the brain state immediately before I said it. Okay, and it comes a moment before, right? And then the, what's the cause of that? Now you got to remember it. Right, if everything has a cause, that means that um, the cause of what I say or what I do or what anybody else says or does or thinks, or whatever is going to have a cause, okay? So there's the, 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 what I say, then there's cause of that, and then there's a cause of that, okay? In, the, in this case, we're, you know, we're dealing with brain states, so it's the state of the brain immediately before that preceding, immediately preceding cause of what I said. And then there's a cause of that cause, which is like the immediately preceding brain state before that. And then you go back. This goes back moment by moment, cause by cause by cause. And it's like cause and effect. So what happens is like you've got one cause creating an effect, like three moments before my decision, that cause created an effect, and that effect then becomes the cause of the subsequent, the next effect. And that effect becomes the cause of the next effect, right? Cause and effect. So all right, so you've got this chain of cause and effect. And you can't escape it. You can't escape it. Whether you call it brain states, uh, the state of the universe, you know, everything has a reason. You can't escape causality. Um, So it it goes back in time, moment by moment by moment. And it goes back, okay... um, Think about it. These moments are turning then into minutes, into hours, into days, into weeks, into you know, because like that's how reality progresses: cause and effect, cause and effect. And uh, you know, eventually you realize that um, brain states have, in, in this case, brain states. You know, our brains once we're born, even before we're born, they never turn off. It's always like one brain state leading to the next, to the next, to the next. So if we take our, our causal chain back to whatever we're saying in the present moment or doing, you know, this cause and effect chain goes back to before we were born, you know, when we're in the womb and all. When the And it, it even goes back further than that because, like, you know, ultimately, you know, when we're conceived, you know, we've got you know, the brain at one point isn't even there, you know, there's like, you know, an organism without a brain, so this cause and effect chain, even, there's a cause to that, to our brain being formed, and then there's a cause to like, you know, to our our entire being, so, and then there's a cause to that, and then, so basically what I'm saying is like, this chain of cause and effect easily goes back to before we were born and that this is the chain of cause and effect to any decision to every decision so it goes back to before we were born back to before our parents were born before the planet was created and at least as far as to the big bang okay like you know 13.7 billion years ago we don't know what happened before that but the the thing is like that big bang, that explosion the universe, the creation of the universe back 13.7 billion years ago, was the cause to everything that's happening in the universe after that, okay, including everything we we say, do, and all that. Okay, now, that's pretty basic. That is, like, basic, and that's, like, so amazingly irrefutable. You can't refute that, you know, you can't, you can't logically refute that, and, uh, so, like, you know, after 91 shows, and I've got my co-hosts, we're, like, racking our brains trying to figure out how to <laughs> reach people with this. Uh, we're trying to figure out how do people don't get, you know, how do, how do people not get this, you know? And, and you know, we're, we're very, very quick to say, hey, you can't blame them. You can't blame us for not getting it, because, like, if we had a free will, we would get it. But... Um, but no, no, my main point, my main point. So, all right, so now you understand how, how, how completely impossible free will is. And free will, you know, just I, I usually do this, you know, at the beginning of each show, I forgot this time. Free will is that we, we'd be able to choose, do, think, say, feel, whatever we want, regardless of anything that's not in our control, okay? So, so obviously, this process of cause and effect Isn't in our control because, like, it goes back cause by cause, moment by moment, to before we're born. Obviously, what what happens before we're born is not in our control. I mean, this like before the whole entire human race existed, so obviously not in our control. All right, um, so so I lost my train of thought. So oh yeah, so like. People, people are getting this. I mean, it, it, you know, again, those 30 landmark um, articles. Um, the first landmark art- article, I think, was a cover story uh, April, I think, 15th through the 22nd of 2011 by the British um, weekly science magazine um, New Scientist. And I think the title was Free Will, The Illusion We Can't Live Without. But, you know, there on the cover, first time ever a magazine ran a cover story refuting free will. You know, it says it's an illusion. Okay, then, then um, it was followed up by an article in 2012 by Scientific American Mind. You know, Scientific is one of the most prestigious, popular science magazines in the world. Uh, um, I think it was called who's in control, how physics and biology dictate your quote-unquote free will. And basically it was like, you know, refuting free will. So, like, it's getting out there, okay? And, um, and this is good, but, like, you know, we're trying to figure out how how do people not get this? And yet again, you can't blame us, you know, if we had a free will, we would understand this. And, you know, um, part of it is like, you know, it could, not you know... I don't know, I'm thinking part of, like, we're all raised religiously, you know, or most of us, and, um, you know, like, when you're really young, you know, they tell you, well, what you learn in church or synagogue or in the temple or mosque or whatever, you know, you got to pretty much believe that because if you don't believe that, if you don't believe certain things, you know, like Jesus is the Messiah or that, you know, Moses was a great prophet or whatever, if you don't believe that stuff, like, you know, Basically, you're told kind of subtly that you're at risk at suffering, you know, to suffer for the rest of eternity. I mean, this is like, I don't know how young they tell kids this, you know, but they tell kids this. Who knows, maybe at four or five years old, you know, because at that age, they're, they're like reading them these really like, you know, um, these fairy tales and stuff, you know, with witches eating kids and stuff. You know, the Aesop's Fables. But, um, so that's one guess. One guess is, like, people, like, you know, if you condition a person so, um, that's so young, you know, before a kid's, you know, cognitive, analytical abilities have, have developed, and you tell them, you know, this is reality, you know, you don't have free will, nobody has free will, um... You tell me a kid, you know, that young an age, and, you know, it's hard for maybe some people because, because all right, I, I question everything. I, you know, my parents told, told me stuff. I said, oh, yeah, prove it to me. A lot of people aren't like that. A lot of people, you know, their, their, their father might say to them, you know, um, this is the way it is, and you say, you know, you say to the, uh, the father, well, why is it that way? And the father might say, I don't care why it's so it's that way because I say it's that way, and and I think maybe some of us are, are raised that way, you know, not to question authority in a sense, and in this case, the church or, or parents or authority, whatever. But um, another another reason why people aren't getting it, and we did a show about this actually. Um, well, yeah, it was show number eighty-seven. It aired um, on September 27th, which is yesterday. <laughs> it just aired yesterday. I'm taping this on the 28th, and um, yeah, another. another we, we were theorizing that another reason why people may not get this is because, like, you know, there are different kinds of intelligence. There's emotional intelligence, okay, and then there is like intellectual intelligence. Intellectual intelligence is kind of like the intelligence that IQ tests measure and SAT scores and all that stuff. Emotional intelligence is people that, you know, they know people. They know emotions. They can read people. They can, you know, they can tell you what you're feeling, why you're feeling this stuff. You know, and like the curious thing is ordinarily, this isn't a hard-clad rule, but ordinarily if you're really, really smart IQ-wise, you're not all that smart emotionally. That's like me. I'm kind of like an emotional idiot sometimes. But then the, the, the converse is true. If um, if you're really good at, at knowing people and stuff like that, you just weren't born with, with you know, very, very strong analytical skills. Um, and now that's, you know, all right, that's kind of like an explanation. But, you know, causality is very simple. I mean, come on, causality is one plus one equals two. Everything has a cause. Every decision has a cause. There's a cause to whatever, you know, it, it couldn't be more simple. So, like, you know, it's got to be more complicated than that. Um, another, another kind of reason we're speculating that's related to this, like, different kinds of intelligence kind of thing is that some people have really good memories, Okay regardless of whether you're, like, intellectual or emotional or whatever your you know your type of intelligence. And, you know, some people get by in school and in life through learning stuff, remembering it, and then retrieving it and applying it. And, you know, when you think about it, that's what school is so much about. That's what the SATs are about. That's what tests are about. So that's how people, like, you know, get by. And, and then, you know... Some some people like myself, I don't have a very good memory. You know, I really don't. I mean, I remember some things. But, like, for those of us who don't have really good memories, we've got to understand things. You know, because they're not going to, like, you know, <laughs> when we learn something, it's not going to be in there. We're gonna, we have to understand that at a deeper level. Okay, so then, like, so I'm theorizing that a lot of people, again, get by through school and life and all, because they have good memories they never really develop their analytical skills their critical thinking skills and that's why they don't get it and and it's kinda of unfortunate and this, this is you know like going back to this like emotional intelligence and intellectual intelligence thing it's kind of like uh, an unfortunate I- irony because in life for example let's say you're gonna be like the editor of a prestigious science magazine or science institution if you're, like, a real bookworm, if, if you're really, really super smart, but you have, like, you know, again, because the, the intelligence and the emotional intelligence are really, like, kind of, like, mutually exclusive to an extent, if, you, if you're not really good with emotional intelligence, you're not going to get that job. So the, the editors of these, like, you know, major science magazines that should have gotten this whole free will thing right decades ago, you know, are very likely people who are very good, you know, naturally they, they know their stuff, you know, probably because they have strong memories, probably never had strong analytical skills, and they're, they probably have much better emotional people skills, emotional intelligence than much smarter people intellectually who would get this so the people at the top and this this is across the board this is like you know science magazines businesses you know politics everything so you've got people running the world running (laughs) magazines that aren't all that smart sometimes but they know people and who knows maybe for certain things in certain ways that's better but but for understanding the nature of reality you know that that probably explains a lot because, um, because we've been talking about this nature of human will kind of like at least um, from the time of the Greeks, you know, certainly through the, the Enlightenment for the last 200 years easily, you know, philosophers, Kant, Hegel, Mills, Spinoza, you know, these guys have considered it, and, um, and it's only now because of this show, because of my meetup in Manhattan, actually, I'm not boasting or bragging. This is true. Before, um, before I started my meetup in this show, nobody was writing about this. Now everybody is. Um, and so, like, you know, it's taken till now for people to get this. So, um, so yeah, I forgot what the point of, of that was. I guess that, like, yeah, the world has been run by, by people who, um, who may not be all that sharp intellectually, but kind of know people. And that's how you get into, um, leadership uh, positions a lot. Um, but anyway, yeah, the, the point is people are getting this, you know, like you go to YouTube and people get this, you know, kids get this, you get like 14, 15 year olds explain this better than, um, Better than I do sometimes, but certainly better than a lot of the academic philosophers. And that's, you know, like, I don't get academic philosophers. There's a, Most of them, which is like so surrealistic, most of them believe that everything is causal, but we have a free will anyway. It's called the compatibilist free will um, position. And people like William James and other famous people have called it complete utter nonsense, which it is, because again, if everything is causal, if everything is run by cause and effect, it is absolutely, completely, irrefutably, <laughs> unequivocally impossible for there to be free will, yet these, I mean, like, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is like, I can understand when, when a person, just a regular person, may not get this immediately because you know maybe it takes a bit of thought or something I don't know but for for academic philosophers who who spent you know they've gotten their their doctorate degrees you know what's that 6 7 years of school in philosophy you know <laughs> learning how to critically think for these guys to not get this is bewildering yet you, you know and this is why I think like this this idea of like you know, our having been brought up religiously and so completely brainwashed, so completely conditioned at such an early age to fear God's wrath, to fear eternal damnation, to, to fear questioning authority. You know, I think of a lot of these guys, that's the only way I can explain it, you know, because, like, what happens is, like, they need to have a free will and they argue from desire. They, you know, they say, well, you know, this world would not, and no, the other thing, it's not just about religion. Like, for a lot of people, a lot of these philosophers, the world wouldn't make sense to them if we didn't have a free will. In other words, it is kind of surreal. I mean, just the idea that everything's a movie, that we're, you know, everything I'm saying, everything you're hearing has been destined since the Big Bang, that's a little counterintuitive. And so, like, these guys say, no, it is. It can't be that way. It just, like, it would blow their mind too much. I don't know. So, so I, they argue from desire. They say, like, well, you know, we feel like we have a free will. We don't even feel how – I'm losing – got to slow down. All right. We've got about three minutes left. Um, so, yeah, no, no. The academic philosophers, um, there's a few of them who get it. Galen Strawson, Dirk Periboum, um Owen Flanagan, I think. Um, but you know, and the other thing is like these these philosophers, you know that they write books for other philosophers. I mean, this is like the biggest thing ever you know, it really is it's 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 definitely the biggest topic in philosophy. It's the topic in philosophy that's been most written about throughout the history of philosophy. but you know the the books that are written about this, for the most part are written by people who are defending free will, these philosophers. And the other part is that they write for other philosophers, you know. So they, they, they nowadays charge $40, 50 60 $70 for their books. Nobody buys them. Nobody reads them. I don't even think they read them. <laughs> and so like that, this kind of explains why free will has not been understood till now. So yeah, I'm going to just like explain again. Like in 2010 in April, I started a meetup. And I live here in White Plains, but I knew that, like, you know, Manhattan is, like, 35 minutes away by train. So I based it in Manhattan so that when people, like, in meetup, are looking for a meetup in Manhattan, they'll just like, they may not join the group or come to our meetings, but, every, you know, when they're looking for meetups to, to go to, they'll see the, the, the name of the, the group, which is Exploring the Illusion of Free Will, and they'll think about it, and then they talk about it. So this is how you create a buzz. So that's the same with this show. It's like, you know, it's, it's shown in white Plains, and now it's also shown in Manhattan, which is pretty big, because it's like, it's like a half a million um, audience there. And, and then, the, and so like we created a buzz and that's why, that's why, um, it's like out there now and it's very cool. Um, okay. Again, this show is on every Thursday, nine o'clock, um, in White Plains, channel 76. You can catch it on the internet. Um, you know, all, all, I upload all the episodes to YouTube and, um, I think that's it. You know, this went pretty well, you know. All right, we've got less than a minute. What else? Um, it's world changing, and you know, once once people get, everyone gets that we don't have a free will. It'll be a completely new world. And I've done shows on this, a much much better world, because we won't blame ourselves. You know, we won't like accuse ourselves and feel really really guilty and bad about stuff and all. I mean, we'll we'll still have morality, because we still have to do the right thing. I've done shows about this. You know. Our understanding we don't have a free will doesn't give us license to just do whatever we want, you know. And and because we're hardwired to seek pleasure and to be good, we wouldn't allow people to get away with that. But nonetheless, we would just like, we would just structure our world and our personal lives so it's much more pleasant for everyone. All right, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for watching. I'll see you again soon.